Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Hope Church. Uh, so I just want to say congratulations. just want to congratulate you. You made it to the Sunday after Easter Sunday. You, you did it. You did it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So everybody can make it to Sunday uh, of Easter Sunday, and everybody does. But it's the Sunday after, sun, after Easter that's, that's a big deal, right? Because you're, you're here, and you're, you're ready to go. Um, I don't know about you, but we had a great Sunday last Sunday. Easter was fantastic, and it always is, right? Anytime uh, that you're going to put the resurrection of Jesus out in front like you do on Easter Sunday, it's going to be good. But how many of you know that if Sunday, if what we experience on Sunday doesn't translate to our everyday Monday, then what kind of faith do we have, Right? If, if the truth of the resurrection of Jesus that we experience on Easter Sunday doesn't translate to the Sunday after Easter, then what kind of faith do we have, right? And so we're now in this space of, of sort of now what? What, what, is, what does this look like to live in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And that's what we're going to be talking about this Sunday and next Sunday. We're, we're having a, a two-week message series called Chronic, and we're going to be talking about peace it's one of the most audacious promises of Jesus, that if you will follow after me, I will give you this thing called peace. It's, a, it, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary promise when you, when you think about it, and we're going to explore that today and uh, next Sunday as well. And, you know, we don't have to look hard, though, to, to see that our culture is constantly seeking after peace. Right, so so our, our parking lot. In case you're you're directionally challenged, our our parking lot is right here. Right, SoCal is right here, right on the other side of this wall. So if I walk, you know, however far it is from right here to SoCal, and I turn left or I turn right, I don't have to walk more than probably a mile, and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see little little temples, little little shrines to peace. And they, they have a little, little green plus sign on their signs, right? Little, little green plus signs. And I could walk in there, and, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in a conversation about, you know, uh, you know medical use of, of, of marijuana. But for those who go in and seek it because they're looking for peace, they're looking to take the edge off. You know, you can almost, you can go... You can go uh, nearly a mile in any direction here in Santa Cruz County, and you're going to find somebody who will sell you something like that to help take the edge off. They're trying to get some peace, right? Now listen, we, this is such a thing in our culture today that you, it's hard to differentiate real peace from sort of counterfeit peace. In fact, let, let's, let's play a game. Are, are you guys up for a game? Yeah, some of you are up for a game, and some of you are like, Tim, it's like nine, it's in the nine o'clock hour on a Sunday morning, man. 
Like, I made it to church, I'm online, I'm out on the patio, like, that's enough, I'm not going to play any game. Okay, you don't have to play. But if you do, if you get these, all these 100% right, we've got a special gift for you out at our Connect Tent. It's a cool gift, right? It's a cool gift. Um, And so, if you get 100% of these right, you just go out there and tell them, we're going to do this on an honor system, Okay. So we're trusting that between you and God Almighty, King of the universe, you're going to be honest about your 100%. Okay? All right? All right? Everybody on board? All right. So I'm going to throw some names up on the screen. And I want you to tell me if it's the name of a church or the name of a weed shop. You ready? You ready? Now, you don't have to call it out. Uh, you can, you know, but, um, but you, just, you just decide in your mind, and then I'll tell you what it is, and uh, let's, let's just see how well, you know, how well, and some of you are going to be like, yeah, I know that's a weed shop. Don't ask me how I know, but I know that's a weed shop. All right, so up here on the screen, you ready? Um, how about next level? Next level. What do you think? Is it a church or is it a weed shop? All right, any weed shops out there? Some weed shops. If you're, if you're online, you can post it in the comments right now if you're up for that. All right, this is actually a church. This is a church. This is in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Kentucky's going next level, y'all. All right, how about this? How about this? Level up. Level up. Is it a church or a weed shop? It's got to be a weed shop, somebody says. They're confident in that. And you'd be right. Scottsdale, Arizona's home to um, level up. How about um, levels? Levels. Hmm, is it a church or a weed shop? This is a weed shop in Denver. All right, so how about this? Rise. R-I-S-E, rise. I got lots of churches out here, and you would be wrong. That's, that's a weed shop right there. But Arise, Arise, put an A in front of there. Arise, now that's a church. That's a church. All right, how about this one, Uplift? Uplift, I mean, you know, that kind of sounds like it has to be a weed shop, you know, like, but that's a church. But Uplift with a Y. Okay, all right. Now... Now, that's a weed shop right there. All right, Elevate Life. That's a church. That's a church. You're right. But Elevated, that's a weed shop. Yeah. Somebody said was too quick to be like, yeah. yeah, yeah. How about The Vine? Nope. Nope. Weed shop. The vineyard, though, is a church. The branch is a church. And seed and supply, what do you say about that one? (laughs) That's a church. That's a church in Colorado. So listen, you're in places like Colorado, places like Santa Cruz, you got to, you know, you're going to reach people, you got to you gotta, you know, you gotta have some names that people can relate to, right? You know, we um, we all are in search of peace. The question for you and I is, how are you going after peace? 
You know, just ask yourself sort of that, that, that common question. It doesn't have to be something obvious like weed, right? It, 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 could, be, it, could, be, um, it could be food. Oh, hey, now, now you're getting personal, Tim. Like, uh-oh, how, how many of you food like, like, like a smoked brisket on your green egg at home? Like, like, how many of you, that's where you find peace? You know, yeah, look, look, Austin's like, I'm not even playing right here. That's me. That's me. I'm, I'm owning that. Um, you know, it could be your hobbies. It could be relationships. Um, how many of you have ever made the mistake of trying to find peace through your spouse? Oh, that's, that's a mistake. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Your spouse was never designed to bring you peace. You will never find your peace in a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or, or a mom or a dad. Or, you, you won't. You won't. They will let you down. And I know because I let my spouse down all the time, right? So we, people will let you down in that way. We all search for peace wherever we can find it. And we are of the belief that peace is not only possible, but that it's something that God has for us. And it's not something that we go after. Here's, here's what we believe about peace. And this is our big idea of truth we're going to explore today, that peace is actually a person, right? Peace is actually a person. You're going to see this up on the screen today. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of God, Right? Peace is not the absence of conflict in this world. Like if we could just somehow get out of the conflict. If I could just get away from the conflict for a while, I can get some peace in my life. No, peace is a person. And we believe that Jesus brings the only true lasting peace. And if you think that I would say anything else other than that at a church service on a Sunday morning, I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked at you. No, but we believe this. Now, here's the tension. Here's why you need to pay attention to what we're talking about today. So we have the peace of God over here, right? Peace of God right here. And over on the side, we have everything else that tries to fill our hearts and our lives where only true peace can, right? So we have all the things that could temporarily fill the peace need that we have, in addition to all of those things, you know, relationships and jobs and weed and, you know, whatever, fill in the blanks, you know, brisket. Some of you are like, brisket, why are you, so, why are you, why are you going on brisket so hard today? I don't know. I don't know. I know we've got some, some, some beef smokers in the room. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, I know. All right. So all the, all the things over here that aren't bad in and of themselves necessarily, many of them, but they aren't, they aren't good enough to fill the void. And then... Add to all of this group over here all of the things that we have in this life that are challenges. All of the storms, all of the doubt, all of the uncertainty, all of the loss, right? All of the the anxiety and the pressure and the tension, right? Now you've got one thing over here and you've got about 15 billion things over here. So here's our tension. Is this one thing strong enough to overcome all of these things over here? This is the tension. 
Because you and I have things coming at us all day, every day. I don't know how it is with you, but whew, I, man, I, I, you know, I really haven't been on social media much lately. I just, I, just, I just don't feel like I have the emotional energy for it. I, I just, it's kind of going by the wayside for me. I, I get on there every now and then, and I click like on stuff, and, you know, um, I don't know how it is for you, but um, even when I open up my phone, you know, I've got places I go to find out kind of what's happening in the world today, and I, and I just, I, I, I'm just not going there really right now. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm I don't want to open it up and have another headline of, you know, um, you know, a, a civilian, you know, a, a church that got bombed in another country, and, and there's, 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 you know, children laying there. I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I, 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 I can't go there again. And so here's the tension that we have in this world is, is this thing called the peace of God big enough to overcome the tidal wave of things that are over here? And you're like, well, Tim, obviously you think it is, and you're going to tell us why. Well, yeah, okay. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I appreciate that. But we need to be reminded of this, which is why we're, why we're talking about these things today. And we're not just going to talk about these things. We're going to go from looking at a story in the life of Jesus to actually putting it into practice today. We're going to try to do this here in the next 15, 20 minutes. You ready? All right, here we go. We're going to be in Luke if you have a Bible, you can turn to the book of Luke. Uh, the words will be up on the screen. You can also pull it up on your phone, the Bible app. Um, if you don't have the Bible app, can I just like throw out this little plug to you for the Bible app? Get it. Get it. Get the Bible app. It's so awesome. I, 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 I use the Bible app every single day of my life, and I can highlight things in there, which will save it like permanently. I can go to an area where I can see everything I've highlighted in the Bible and little notes that I've taken for each thing. Like, it's all right there. It's amazing. And if, you, if you're getting at it for the first time, go find what's called the Bible Project and start from the beginning and go through the Bible. Cool videos that'll help you understand context and all the things. Get the Bible app, you guys. It will change your life. Here we go. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to walk through a story in the life of Jesus where he's going to show us what it looks like for the Prince of Peace. This is a name for Jesus, if you didn't know that the Bible calls him the Prince of Peace, the one who brings peace. We're going to watch as the Prince of Peace enters into the storm, and then we're going to reflect a little bit on this story. You ready? Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. Now let's, let's get some context here. We're Luke chapter 8. So even if you don't know the Bible, you probably assume there's like chapters 1 through 7 before it. And maybe there's some stuff after it. So we're, we're plopping down into the middle of a story. And so let's bring you up to speed. Jesus now has begun his public ministry. So for 30 years, he was a carpenter. And then he put down his tools, and he began to uh, teach and heal and 
feed people. He chose 12 guys that were his inner circle. And Jesus began to live out his purpose in this life, which he had two primary parts of his purpose in this life. Conquer the cross and train the 12. That was it. He healed a lot of people. people. He taught a lot of people. But that wasn't his primary gig. His primary gig was to conquer the cross, which we celebrated last Sunday, and to train the 12, which is what we're doing today. And through training the 12, he's training all of us. And so each and every situation that Jesus found himself in with his followers, he was training them. He was teaching. He was instilling in them the things they would need to live a life of following after him and inviting other people to do the same. So the story that we're exploring here today is no different. Jesus knows what's happening from beginning to end, and he is putting his followers into a place where he can teach them. This is what's happening. So he says, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side of the lake. And the the lake is the Sea of Galilee, if you don't know. And the Sea of Galilee is sort of the defining feature, geographic feature of this region that Jesus is, is in right now. And so he says, let's go to the other side of the lake. Now, the other side of the lake was only five miles. It was just five miles from where they were to where they were going, the other side of the lake. So just to give you some context, the Sea of Galilee, from top to bottom, was about 13 miles. They're going from side to side, five miles. So just so you know, you, you know, just so you know what that's like. If you go from Santa Cruz to Monterey, how many miles do you think that is? 46? Oh, 26. Okay, super, super close. Uh, and maybe that's exactly what it is. But I've read about 25. About 25 nautical miles from Santa Cruz to Monterey. So we're talking just 13 miles is how long this is. So smaller than the bay, right? And only five miles across. So it's not like this, like, let's get in the boat and let's navigate the ocean, you know? It's like, we're just going to cross this lake. And so they get in the boat and they go to cross the, uh, the, the water. As they sail, Jesus fell asleep. Now, let's just stop and let's just, let's, let's prayerfully consider this moment um, if we want to be like Jesus, we're going to take naps. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take some naps in this life. And so you, you remember back in, the, like, there was a time, I don't, know, I don't know when that was, like the 90s or something like that, where it was like WWJD, what would Jesus do? He would take naps. So go take a nap today, be like Jesus, and take a nap. He was all, he was all for him. In fact, he could nap anywhere. He was napping on a boat, and there wasn't a cushion on the boat. He didn't go, like, under, you know, like, in the boat and lay down on the bed. You know, he was just, like, on the wood, you know. But he could sleep anywhere, Jesus. That's how tired he was. So he lays down. He goes to sleep. A squall or a storm came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. That means water. They were taking in water. They were in great danger. Now, now let's let's not gloss over the fact that Jesus knew what he was doing. Remember, train the 12. He knew what he was doing. So he takes them out in the boat, knowing that a storm is likely and that it is going to come. 
So Jesus, now this will mess with your theology a little bit for some of you. Jesus led them into the storm. And you're like, hmm, I don't know about that, Tim. Study your Bible. Jesus led them into the storm. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Right? God allows us to enter into situations. He allows us to enter into situations that he knows are going to be stormy. He knows they're going to be rocky. He knows they're going to be hard. Because God knows that there are things in you and in me that can only be rooted down and grown up and matured and that can become strengthened in the storm. It's why the brother of Jesus would later write, years later, he would write these words in part reflecting on this boat experience with Jesus. He would say, brothers and sisters, count it all joy. That word joy has a, has a meaning of, of favor. Count it as God's favor in your life when you encounter trials of all kinds. God will lead you into the storm right now. God allowed you into that storm. In fact, God has something for you in that storm. It was. Oops. Oh, let me, let, me get that, let me get them out of that storm as quickly as I can. I, I didn't mean for that to happen. No. If you're in the storm, God's got something in there for you that can only come about through that storm. So here's how it is for you and me. It's human nature. Get me out of the storm. I'm out. Gee, like, like as quickly as I can, get me out of the storm. Jesus, if you study the life of Jesus, here's what you find. Jesus regularly walked right into the storm. In fact, Jesus embraced the storm. When he was in the storm, he didn't try to get out as quickly as he could. He embraced it. And in fact, I would describe it like this. He embraced it so hard that he wrestled it to the ground and he made the storm work for him. He wasn't driven by the storm. The storm was there to do something in him and he let it go. This is what God calls us to be about. Now, I'm not going to go looking for storms, right? I'm not going to like just take my truck and go drive it into a tree so that I can see the favor of God, right? But when I find myself in it, I'm going to immediately, I, I, I say I'm going to immediately, I, I don't, I'm not like super spiritual. Um, I'm going to eventually, I should say, I'm going to step back and I'm going to say, okay, God, whew, this is a big one right here. What's going on? What do you got for me? How are you going to help me through it? But then what are you going to do in me as I go through this storm? Right? This is what Jesus is teaching his followers. He leads them into the storm. And if you're in a storm right now, take a moment and thank God for the storm. I am who I am today, and I'm not anyone special. But anything of good and of value in my life is in my life because of a storm. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have much of value in my life that, 
that, that, that I developed while lounging on a chair uh, next to the ocean, chilling with a cold drink in my hand. Sometimes that happens, and I, I'm grateful for those times, and I try to manufacture those times. Like, God, I'm learning so much right now in this place of comfort and ease. Just keep teaching me like this. But God knows that I need more. I need more. I had somebody um, the other day ask me, um, so if you don't know, about 16, 17 months ago, I had a massive heart attack and um, had emergency heart surgery. And I had a guy talk to me recently, and, and I was he said, well, what did you change about your diet after the heart attack? And I told him, and he said, well, how long did you do that? And I was like, I, I, what? I, I didn't understand the question. I said, what, 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 what did, what's the question? He said, how long did you do that? And I'm like, what, what do you mean, how long did I do that? And he said, how long did you keep doing that, like the, like the big changes you made, and how long did you keep doing that? And I'm like, well, I'm still doing that. I don't understand. What, what, what's... He said, Tim, you don't understand. Like Less than 1% of people who have heart attacks actually sustain any type of change in their lives. And I was like, what? Like He's like, how do you have the motivation to do that? And I was like, bro, I was awake during heart surgery. Like... I, I, I crumpled on my bedroom floor, and that was it for me. Like, I was done. I, like, I, like, I was done. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked. I was going to meet Jesus that day. But, like, that was it. I was done. And, like, how, what, how, what, kind, what more motivation can you possibly have than that? Right? Lasting change in my life came through one of the biggest storms I've ever experienced. So, Let's keep going. we got to keep going, you guys. The disciples went, verse 24, and they woke him, and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. How many of you feel like you're going to drown right now? And maybe you wandered in here today. You have a smile on your face. You look good. You smell good. You have coffee in your hand. But on the inside, you're screaming, I am drowning right now. Nobody knows this, but I'm drowning right now. If you don't feel like that now, can you remember a time when you did? We all can. Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. Other versions say that Jesus got up and said, peace. He yelled. He, he didn't, it wasn't like he like, like struck the pose and he was like, peace, you know. No, he yelled. He yelled at the weather. Some scholars believe that, that the enemy of our souls, who is very active on this earth, saw an opportunity where, where Jesus, the Son of God, was with his, his crew in one place, a vulnerable place, and saw an opportunity to take them all out at once. He rebukes the wind, and he says, peace, be still. It, it, it wasn't a gentle thing. In fact, my human mind will envision, you know, you know, you know go with me on this one. 
You know, it's envisioning the Son of God cursing, which I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting that. But, but my human mind goes down that road. Jesus just very, very strongly rebuking the wind and the weather. Peace, shalom, is what he says. Be still. And immediately, everything was still. This is the power of the Prince of Peace. So he says this, peace be still, the storm subsided and all was calm. And then he turns to his followers and he says, where is your faith? Now some look at this like Jesus is like chiding his followers, you know, like, like, oh, come on, where is your faith? But others see it as Jesus saying, where is your faith? Where, where are you placing your faith? This is what Jesus is saying. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this that he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? It's an amazing story, is it not? It's encouraging to us as we're going through our own storms. Jesus, the priest, can speak into our lives, and he can rebuke the storms that we're in, and that he is Jesus, who is Emmanuel, God with us. He walks with us through the storms. It's such an encouraging story, right? But it's a story. We believe it to be true, but it's a story over here. So we have to work this story now into our lives. How do we do that? How do we go from the story to my everyday storms and Jesus doing this? All right, I'm going to quickly take you through this. We start with the fact that Jesus is peace himself. That when Jesus said, Shalom, peace be still, what he was doing was he was setting things right again. This is what the Prince of Peace does. So, so think, think about it with me. So, so when Jesus, in fact, the Apostle Paul says it like this in Ephesians, for Jesus himself is our peace. He's not just peace in a Bible story. Jesus himself is our peace. So, so how did he bring peace to that situation? Like, actually, how did he do it? He did it because he's the son of God. He's all God and he's all man. And so every time, think, think with me now. Watch this. Watch, watch what happens. When Jesus heals somebody, what is he doing? He's saying shalom, which is wholeness. Shalom, peace. Meaning, God's original design is for our bodies to function without disease and without sickness and without brokenness. But in this broken world that we live in, we experience all of those things. So when Jesus made the sickness well, he was proclaiming peace over this person's life. He was bringing the divine into our reality and saying, this is how I designed you to be, whole. And so I'm going to bring peace to this situation because I'm God, I can do it. And so he brings sick. So whenever he feeds somebody, what's he doing? He's proclaiming peace. God's design was never for us to go hungry. And so he steps into the situation and he brings peace, wholeness, shalom, and he multiplies the food so they have food to eat. 
When he, re- when he meets a demon-possessed person, which is what they'll do after, right after this story, when they land on the other side of the, the lake, he'll cast demons out of, out of a person. What's he doing in that? He's bringing peace, how it should be, how he designed it to be. This is what Jesus does, because this is who he is. Okay, so you're like, okay, Tim, I got it. Okay, so story, Jesus brings peace. Okay, he can do that because he is peace. So, so what does that mean for me? Like he did it for them. He can do it because of who he is. But what does it mean for me? And here's what, here's what Jesus himself says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Okay, all right. Okay. Bible story. Jesus is peace. Okay, he wants to give me his peace. All right, I'm good. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm following you. Like, I want that. I want his peace. Okay, so, so here, here comes the peace. Jesus wants to give you now his peace so that you experience the exact same thing his disciples did in the boat. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831 800 Thanks again for tuning in.